Welcome to Without the Footnotes with me, your host, Esther Rini. On this week's episode, I'll be talking about the Holocaust in Denmark. Hi friends and welcome to season three episode nine of Without the Footnotes, not your typical Holocaust lecture. I hope everybody has had a great week. Um, I mean just in general but also for those listening in real time. Um, My week's been pretty wild. As I said on the last episode I had a friend visiting and it's just been non-stop but really really fun which is great. And now I'm back once again with another um going to another country this week we're going to go to Denmark and talk about the holocaust there um a much different narrative in this country so I'm actually quite excited to talk about it um I don't think I have any major things to report other than I am doing some new content creation for histocon that's about h-i-s-t-o c-o-n which is a platform where you share and discuss your perspectives of history and memory um so if you're interested in that head over to instagram they're on facebook as well and twitter um as i said it's called histocon and give us a follow and yeah if that's of your interest we will be posting about um obviously events in history that have happened like specific turning points like it is all focused around um post world war 2 like beginnings after after the war ended and you know uh kind of what people have been through since then and yeah if you're if you're interested take a look at our posts maybe get involved um answer some of the questions that we have up there already and yeah as i said i will be um yeah kind of collaborating with them and doing some content creation for them and also helping them host a um, virtual event that will be online from the 21st to the 22nd of October this year. So give them a follow and yeah, just keep up to date with that if that's something you feel you're interested in or just have a little browse. Um, Yeah. Anyway, as I said, we're going to go to Denmark this week. I'm going to speak about how the Holocaust happened there. So let's just crack on with the episode. Okay, so here we go. How did the Holocaust happen in Denmark? Well, on April 9th, 1940, Nazi Germany occupied Denmark. And at the time, the country was home to approximately 7,500 Jews, 6,000 of which were Danish citizens, and the rest came from Germany or Eastern European, um, Eastern Europe, Eastern European. Um, The majority of the Jewish population actually lived in Copenhagen and as Jews only made up of around 0.2% of the population, this meant that the Jewish question, as it were, was not a major issue for the Germans initially. And the Danish government continued to have autonomy in its domestic affairs and this included within the legal system and the police, which is very important for the Jewish population um, in this case. So it had been suggested at the Wannsee Conference, which is the conference where it was understood 
where it's understood that the final solution was decided upon, that Scandinavian countries in general should initially be excluded from the plan and they should actually be focused on once um, Germany had won the war. So there were a few things that were working in the Jewish community's favour in Denmark. So the Jewish population was not um, discriminated against, like we've heard in other countries I've covered so far. So usually once a country is occupied, then anti-Jewish legislation would be enacted. However, in Denmark, this was not the case. Jews were not required to register or identify themselves as Jews. They weren't um, uh, requested to withdraw from public life or to give up their businesses or assets. And even when attempts were made um, to burn down the synagogue in Copenhagen, it was stopped by the police and the wannabe arsonists were arrested. Which, if you, you know, if you look at other places throughout Europe, um, the burning of synagogues or Jewish um, uh, businesses and stuff like that um, was commonplace but not here. So Danish authorities also actively refused to participate in discrimination and the king himself spoke out in support of the Jewish people. So this meant that the Jewish population was able to continue to function throughout Denmark's occupation. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. In 1943, things took a bit, well, they did, they took a turn for the worst when relations with Germany became strained due to labour strikes and other acts of sabotage. Um, the Danish government actually resigned on the 28th of August 1943 as it didn't want to comply with the new German commands that were being presented and as a result martial law was declared by the German military commander Hermann von Hanneken. This also meant that the Danish military and police force now came under German control which obviously is bad. Um... So yeah, you can guess that this wasn't good. And on September 8th, 1943, SS General Werner Best, who was the civil administrator in Denmark, sent a telegram directly to Hitler suggesting that he take advantage of this new situation and the martial law and start deporting Jews from the country. Hitler, of course, approved this, but it wasn't all smooth sailing. What's actually quite surprising is that it was German officials who alerted non-Jewish Danes to the impending deportations of the Danish Jewish community. So maybe take a second to like <laughs> compute that in your brain. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the German officials alerted non-Jewish Danes to the deportations who and then alerted the Jewish community and this allowed them this allowed the community and their allies to coordinate a huge operation to either get people into hiding or to some kind of refuge to help them to flee and therefore just basically um, protecting them from being deported out of the country and when it came to the action on the 1st of October Danish police even at that point refused to cooperate um, they when they like they would either block people from entering homes or they would just kind of if they, if they were sent to search homes and round up Jews they would kind of overlook it and overlook the people living there so they weren't rounded up um 
People were protesting from the church and various other organisations and the Danish resistance and citizens alongside them assisted in rescue operations. Um, Fishermen would ferry people from the coast to neutral Sweden and as a result of this, 7,200 Jews and 700 of their non-Jewish relatives were able to escape the country. Unfortunately, not not everyone was able um, to do this and around 470 Jews of mostly German or Eastern European descent were to, um, were deported to Theresienstadt ghetto. Um, and this was in what was then known as um, Czechoslovakia, which was also occupied by the Germans at the time, by Nazi Germany at the time. Um, even though these people were deported, this was loudly protested by the Danish Red Cross and the authorities who and other authorities who insisted on knowing where the deportees were and what their living conditions were like and it was actually because of the Danish Red Cross that the ghetto itself was visited by the International Red Cross in June of 1944 which is a very um, unique story and I'd urge you to look this up um, yeah when the International Red Cross actually visited Theresienstadt ghetto um yeah and however despite this dozens of people who were deported did unfortunately die in the ghetto but in april of 1945 the remaining prisoners were given over to the swedish red red cross and virtually all of them returned to denmark where they were able to get back to their homes and businesses now this is particularly significant as this was not the case for many people returning home from the holocaust in fact many many jewish people had to live for years in displaced person camps usually the camps that they had been imprisoned in like the concentration camps that they'd been imprisoned in and um or they would have to immigrate because there was not completely nothing for them to return home to or it was just completely too unsafe for them in gen- in general because of the raging anti-Semitism that still existed um, post-war. Um, so this is a very, very big deal that because the authorities refused to discriminate against the Jewish community and also the fact that they didn't take all of their a- assets and redistribute them, that many people actually had something to come back to and could resume somewhat of, you know, a semblance of a normal life when they return back. Um, not to mention that the the resistance efforts of the Danish people and the cooperation meant that they had a community to return to that was accepting of them. So a really quite unique case in Denmark. Um, so just in um, just in closing. It's understood that in total of the 7,500 Jews living in Denmark pre-occupation, one, around 120 died either in Theresienstadt or fleeing the country. Um, this actually means that Denmark has one of the highest survival rates in Europe, considering it was uh, a country that was occupied by Nazi Germany. So, yeah, in just in a nutshell that's the holocaust in denmark um a really different narrative that we're hearing here compared to some of the other countries that i've covered so far and i think a really interesting um yeah really interesting country to look at because of that because it actually shows us what what 
could have like what could have happened during the holocaust um so often we think about oh there's nothing that could have been done um it was too like everything was too aggressive blah 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 but like you see as we go through each country how you know in this case a population size so 7500 people the cooperation of authorities and the protection that the the community the jewish um, community was afforded the fact that there was uh, um high resistance from non-jewish people these are the types of things that when we look at genocide that when when groups are being victimized they need the help of a multitude of different things to be afforded the protection that they're not getting from their government or an occupying government um so yeah very very interesting case to kind of understand how genocide is perpetrated in in general and how once it is underway that um we can kind of help rescue and save people from that perpetration so yeah that's it that's the holocaust in denmark um if you're interested go and find out more um there'll be tons and tons of testimony about this because of the survival rate of the community so very good one to look at in that sense um as ever please rate review and subscribe to the podcast that helps me a lot um if you have any questions or you want to chat about anything in general interesting story to tell me perhaps um please do email info at without the footnotes.org or dm me on instagram it's just at without the footnotes and yeah that's it for this week and i shall catch you next time ciao